Hey everyone, it's Mariah and Danny. Welcome to our podcast, Behind Behavior, where we take a look at the science behind behavior and how we actually use it in real life. Short disclaimer, nothing we say on this podcast in any way reflects the opinions of our employers or the BACB. All opinions are our own. Also, there may or may not be some explicit content or language in this episode. One of us tends to swear and the other one usually doesn't. Join us to find out. What's up, Danny? Hey, how are you? Pretty good. What have you been up to? Um, just kind of chilling, watching TV. Yeah, I think we've both been watching a lot of reality TV this week. A lot. I surprisingly smashed this whole season in like a day or two. Dang, Mariah. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been because my partner wasn't around so I could spare him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I got through it. Well, let's talk about it. So we were watching Too Hot to Handle. Yes. So if people have not watched it, uh, Mariah, do you want to tell people like the general what it's about? Okay, so it's a reality TV show that you can watch on Netflix. They're currently on season four. The premise of the show is attractive strangers come to this island and they don't initially know they're on this particular show. Um, so they all think it's going to be like sex fueled and fun adventures, just being wild until suddenly they get bamboozled by this, (laughs) (laughs) by this little device similar to an Alexa named Lana. Bamboozled is definitely the word. Yes. That I would use. I think this show, I mean, of course, it's it's reality TV, it's sexy and trashy, but they use a lot of really interesting behavior principles, too, which is why we had picked to talk about it. Definitely. I thought about doing a behavior counter. Oh, okay. So maybe we could count um, how many items occur that we've caught, at least. Mm-hmm. And then we can post about that later. Yeah, because it was definitely quite a few. Tons. And some that I hadn't even initially thought of during the episodes. And then I came back later on or like listened to CEUs. And I was like, oh my gosh, that definitely happened in Too Hot to Handle also. Let me go back Mm -hmm. and write extra notes about it. So there's a lot of fun ABA stuff in this reality TV show. But... I think after watching this whole season, Danny and I are both happy to be finished with this show. Yeah, I think so. We've already decided we have a lot to say about this show. So this is part one of two. In part two, we'll talk a little bit maybe about how we feel about the show overall. 
Right. Because I think we both have feelings. <laughs> this is just a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. But it should be fun. So to start us off, um, Danny can let us know how this season started in episode one. So episode one is obviously where you meet the contestants, the players, um, and the very first kind of behavior-ish term that we see. So the players are tricked. They think they're on this show called Wild Love, but that's a fake show. Bamboozled. So they're already bamboozled, episode one, like first five minutes of the show. <laughs> so they're already priming this like mo for sex as a reinforcer because from what i understood the players thought like the kind of the point of the show is to hook up with as many people as possible right so they're already priming them for this specific activity i think one of the contestants had even um said that they thought all the love was gonna get wild and crazy uh-huh. kind of like an innuendo on the name of the fake game show Mm-hmm. And I was just like, is this like naked and afraid, love in the wild type stuff? Just like sex everywhere? <laughs> well, multiple people were like afraid there was going to be a survival element. And then Mario Lopez comes out with that like helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that's true because Mario was setting the contestants up to go on like a skydiving excursion or something. Which Mm -hmm. increases your, I believe it's your dopamine. And when you go on a date, that kind of tricks you into really liking the partner you're with, experiencing that with. So I think if it was a real show, you might potentially miss red flags and a partner you would pick. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure it's a show that would be on Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. But... So they, they're primed, their MO is, is high for this particular reinforcer. And then Mario brings out this little table and they see the smart speaker for the first time. I think her name is Lana. And this is our first S Delta. So it's very clear that all of the players have seen Too Hot to Handle seasons like in the past because they all immediately recognize her. Some even call her by name. So in this case, it's very clear that Lana serves as an S-delta for sex, or I guess any physical intimacy. So Lana gives the rundown of the show, how it works, the rules. The prize this season is higher than I remembered. It was $200,000, which is a lot of money. Definitely. So I think that's an interesting premise, too. So here's your third behavior term we're pitting a primary reinforcer against a secondary reinforcer in this moment so the primary reinforcer here is sex and then the secondary is the money so i think that's kind of an interesting question you know the of the primary reinforcer you can do that anytime you want versus the magnitude i.e. the amount, the $200,000, but that's delayed. So which one of the players going to go for? Which brings in the whole kind of construct of this 
uh, show is it's large scale delayed discounting. Mm-hmm. So our contestants gonna fall for like the smaller scenery enforcer of physical touch with a partner or a larger later where they could potentially win this cash prize at the end and go home potentially up to $200,000 richer. Initially, I thought the previous two Hot to Handle seasons had done a group contingency that is similar to what they, they did this year, but I thought all contestants had won the cash prize and they all cashed out in equal amounts of whatever the remaining pot was. Mm-hmm. But it seems like this year... They did a dependent group contingency where the reward of the whole group is based on the performance of the individuals or a collection of the individuals in the group. And then later on, Lana picks two couples and then of those two couples are the four individuals that are like up for the prize pot is how this season ended up being. Right. So like of the whole group, only like a couple people ended up winning money. So I wonder how the behavior might have changed if it was a true group contingency, you know, like everybody split the money at the end. Right. Because I think we'll find out that some of the contestants get pretty uptight. I mean, for 200,000, wouldn't you? (laughs) I don't know. Is my secondary reinforcer of money as high as somebody else's? That's fair. And that is, you know, a piece of information that we don't really know about these players. Like, if you already have a million dollars, 200000 is not a lot. So, you know, the primary reinforcer of sex is going to be a lot more reinforcing than money. Right. But if you're broke, you might hold off a little while. I remember that Lana tells the contestants what their prize pot is. And somebody says, yes, I need this. I have student loans. Or like, I'm trying to pay off school, which Mm -hmm. is so relatable. $200,000 would wipe most people's student loan debt out. Oh, absolutely. One single person. I'm not saying multiple people here, but. (laughs) No, but that one person life-changing that's probably the most relatable thing anybody said on the show (laughs) yeah and it was like background noise I probably only caught it because I watch all tv with closed captionings on so (laughs) I also try to do that but my partner doesn't like it so when he's home I have to turn them off (laughs) oh my partner is anti-closed captioning as well but I think we've just settled on this as a you know way to improve our quality of life together (laughs) (laughs) well let us know how you feel about captions apparently that's a pretty divisive conversation i didn't realize yes (laughs) okay so episode one basically just outlines the premise of the show and the rules you don't really um not a whole lot of action happens within the couples you know they go into the house they find their rooms Day, I guess day one really starts with episode two. And people couldn't last the night. I think like three different couples kissed each other. And so whenever they break these rules, which personally as a behavior analyst, the rules were never defined, which irritates me. (laughs) But 
We know that kissing is against the rules because the players get a punishment and they don't learn what the punishment is until after the rule is broken. So a little sketch. But they lose $3,000 per kiss, which is so expensive. Very expensive. But they don't get that feedback immediately. Mm -mm. So if you're watching at home, our screen, we get the immediate feedback to the audience that a rule break had occurred. But the guests on the show have to wait until the following morning to receive this feedback. So they kind of just lose money quicker than they think they probably are because all of the rest of the contestants aren't aware of these rule breaks until, you know, 12 plus hours later. Right. And until they've broken the rule, they don't even know how much money they're going to lose. Right. Um, like, for example, they didn't know how much a kiss would cost until people had kissed each other. And by that time, like there were three different couples that had kissed each other. So there's $9,000. And then because I think so many people broke a rule on the first day, Lana changes the contingency and doubles the fines, but only for kissing. So we know that each kiss costs $6,000 but she still doesn't define what any of the other rules are. So we don't know what any other sort of physical intimacy might cost at this point. Yeah. So losing money for each, you're going to lose money for any kind of physical interaction, but in the first, or I guess in the second episode, the only physical interaction that occurs is kissing. Mm -hmm. So that really, shows that Lana is trying to use negative punishment to decrease the target behavior of kissing by taking away something preferred, which would be the prize pot fund. Mm -hmm. Except it just doesn't happen immediately. So the change in behavior isn't there. And I would also say that it's not an effective punishment if people don't know what the punishment is. So I think it's interesting. Of course, they know that kissing is against the rule because they've all seen the show before, but they all do it anyway. It's not until Lana doubles the fines. And so then they know each kiss is $6,000. And then this will kind of bleed over into episode three. I don't think anybody kisses each other for like 24 hours. I think they go a whole night Ooh. and maybe the next day without rule breaking. So would you say that punishment was punishment the behavior decreased so i'd say so yes i just wouldn't say it was necessarily the most effective punishment it could have been if uh if they went into the episode knowing all of the contingencies set in place prior to their actions <laughs> right so if you're listening out there <laughs> this is just for fun we are not suggesting you do this <laughs> as a right. procedure uh, I think a theme throughout kind of this show is just unclear expectations all around which leads to a lot of uh, unpredictable or maybe predictable behavior patterns absolutely so just as a review I'm gonna let us all know the contestants who broke the rules because I'm sure we'll auto default to using their names in the future mm -hmm. Jawa Hare and Creed kissed on the first day 
Jawa Hair and Seb kissed on the first day. And Kayla and Nigel kissed on the first day. So there were people just dabbling around, playing the field, Mm -hmm. as one should. Um, Towards the end of the episode, Nigel is confronted with a preference assessment. He has to pick one female for a private date, which I was just laughing at this part of the episode because Lana literally had the female set up in an array. So he had she did. (laughs) He had three females to pick in an array in real life. And he picks Kayla, which I thought Mm -hmm. Kayla looked like a young Mariah Carey for anyone who hasn't seen the show. You know, I can, I hadn't thought about that till you said it, but uh, I can see it. A lot of the guys were interested in Kayla in the first couple episodes. A oh, lot yeah. of guys were looking at her. I mean, young Mariah Carey, who's going to say no? Who's going to say no? And she, uh, I don't think she helped the situation. Because then in episode three, Nigel and Seb, who was just kitch- kissing Jawa here in episode two, they were kind of both gunning for Kayla in episode three. Yes. A lot of tension going on there. So episode three is when we see our first, I'm using air quotes, workshop <laughs> that they do. It was this, um, Mariah, do you want to describe what this first workshop was? I don't really remember the premise because I think by now I had already dozed off to scrolling on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... The gist of it was that the players were supposed to use paint and paint their, essentially finger paint your bodies, each other's bodies, and then use your body that is now painted to paint on this canvas that you're sitting on top of, which I just thought was kind of ridiculous. Everybody looked like crap. Everything turned brown and it just... To me, it looked like they just rolled in a bunch of poop. So I didn't understand the assignment, but I missed something. It was definitely strange. And and remember, so if you've never seen the show before, they're basically in swimsuits like 90% of the time. Unless there's like a special event or something, they'll get dressed up. But they're on like some tropical location with like next to a beach. So they're in like swimsuits the whole time. So they're basically naked painting each other's body. To me... What what I noticed this as, it was a very derived situation to increase the saliency or, yeah, to increase the saliency of sex as an option right now. Definitely. Like, yeah. Um, which, of course, if the goal is to promote emotional intimacy, I felt like this was the opposite of what they wanted to do. So, so from a behavior perspective, this was not great from a drama reality tv show perspective you definitely got a lot of drama out of it because people were sweating at the end people actually sweating at the end i think was the first time i realized the title of the show might meant that the temperature was too hot to physically handle it which sounds so dumb, but I'm just like, hmm, maybe that really is what they meant by the title of this show. <laughs> because these people are hardly clothed. The stuff that Kayla wore, I'm like, where do you even buy shirts like this? 
all of the shirts she had on were kind of the same approach mm-hmm. instead of like side boob it was inner boob and I'm like mm-hmm. how do you get all these cutouts in your shirt very interesting attire but it was on brand for the show and I feel like people probably bought wardrobes like for that show because most of the swimsuits especially that the girls were wearing like most of the guys were just wearing like board shorts or whatever but like the bikinis that the girls were wearing a lot of them looked like the fabric was actually not supposed to get wet (laughs) I could see that (laughs) I don't think I saw any of the girls in the pool this entire time so that checks out no no not once um so they had their first workshop drama ensued and a lot of people were blaming Seb for breaking some rules so Seb and Kayla I think broke some more rules this episode um was this the episode where they got in the shower together possibly they get in the shower together a few times I think this might have been the first time they got in the shower and allegedly didn't do anything but like soaped each other up. But I guess that counted as a rule break. Well, if Lana says it does, it does. Again, she... we weren't defined what's a rule break and what isn't in all conclusive terms. And they were trying to get real specific about what breaks a rule and what doesn't. And Lana slapped them with a fine. Mm-hmm. During the workshop, also, we we see that Britain and James are kind of coupling up. And the show never goes into detail about them, like, initiating kind of like a couple relationship mm-hmm. until you see in the workshop that Britain is just kind of looking really miffed at James. Like, everybody else is getting a little more sensual than they probably should be. And James mm-hmm. is like, let's put some clouds over here. Just a happy mistake. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's pretty, she's pretty miffed. She's getting too hot. Yeah, he was definitely more focused on the canvas than her, which I think is starting to cause some problems. Right. And the relationship like had barely even been began. <laughs> Yeah, this is still episode three. So they've been there two days, three days. (laughs) Yes. But by the end of this episode, they're down to $167,000. So they've already lost, what is that, $33,000 for all the kissing and the shower adventures. Racks up easy. Mm -hmm. It sure does. So episode three they leave us on a cliffhanger right that's when Seb and Kayla go up to the suite like because they got in trouble for breaking rules I think or like to test their yes so Lana has the ability to open a suite overnight for the couples and this suite is decked out there's like fuzzy handcuffs rose petals on the beds bubble baths going champagne Mm -hmm. um i think there's lingerie in there basically anything and everything you'd want to do to entice some kind of sexual response and lana puts the couples to the test usually with some predetermined contingency 
um, saying like, if you don't engage in any activity, like you guys might get money added back to the pot. Or if you do engage, like here's what's going to happen. I don't remember anything specific being like a big deal here. But well, so what she did this time was she told everybody except for Seb and Kayla that they could either trust the couple that they wouldn't do anything um, or they could pay a $10,000 fine without Seb and Kayla knowing and then that would cover any rule breaks that they do in the suite. And the players chose to trust them and not pay the $10,000 fine, even though that suite was really increasing the saliency of sex. Right. I mean, they had everything. So, <clears throat> And this was prior to the guests understanding how much a sex rule break would actually cost them. That's true. Up until this point, they knew that kissing would cost $6,000. Um, and then w- whatever they did in the shower cost them an additional like ten grand or something. Um, but they didn't know how much straight up sex would cost. So they were really trusting Seb and Kayla. And amazingly, they didn't break any rules in the suite. Kind of shocked. I personally was shocked. Yes. I wonder if that wasn't because of the recent, like, magnitude increase in the punishment. Because they had just, like, doubled the fines. They had just found out it was, like, a ton of money just for touching each other in the shower. That was fresh on their mind. And the expectations had recently been given. So I wonder if that's why it functioned more as a punishment in this particular situation for them. It could have been. I think they were also getting a lot of society pressure from their mm-hmm. co-contestants. That's that true. Um, James, that we had said was paying attention to the art in episode three more, had become kind of the self-imposed cock block of the whole <laughs> series. Uh, He basically was like physical touch police and he just was not having it at all. So he even, I think he even said he was going as far as staying awake all night to guard everyone while they slept to make sure no rule breaks occurred, which Mm -hmm. I mean, whoa, man, that's like a little over the top, honestly. (laughs) That money was a is a big reinforcer for him, apparently. He might have been the student. He might. I mean, that would make sense. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So two other new guests arrive during episode four, Flavia and Ethan. Um, before they arrive to the island, they get to essentially Tinder swipe to select a private date upon arrival. And each date gets a free kiss. Um, Ethan selects a contestant named Sophie. But Sophie denies his free kiss during his date. Mm -hmm. And Seb was picked by Flavia. And he also does not kiss her during their date. 
Seb and Sophie are under the impression that their kisses still cost a fee. Mm-hmm. When Flavia and Ethan's like free kiss was, it was basically like a hall pass. They got to go for free, right? Um, but I don't think Lana had ever explained that to all of the contestants. So Sophie and Seb abstained. Which we don't really get to know Sophie very well. Like the the show itself doesn't really focus on her, but Seb, I mean, he's like kissed multiple people now he got like in trouble and was put in like the suite for a night I was a little surprised that he didn't go for it even the novelty of a new person you know right there was a comment from the host of the show during Mm -hmm. Seb's date with Flavia and he's asked dude are you a man or a magpie I thought it was just hilarious because I love magpies, but. But that's how Seb was, uh, at least in these first four episodes that we've seen. It's like the new shiny person. That's who he's going to go for. He's not really showing any commitment really up until this date when he says no to that kiss with Flavia because he's with Kayla. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he was just ready to kind of like collect anything shiny and I think mm-hmm. he had even noted like Flavia was everything that he's typically attracted to mm-hmm. and I was shocked that he didn't take the bait but as soon as Flavia gets into the retreat she actually wants Creed which is Sophie's boy that she's like been coupling with behind the scenes Right, and she, like, did not care. (laughs) Right, so she's already stirring up drama on the first day. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that's, like, the cliffhanger that bleeds over into episode five. But what the other contestants don't know, so we know Seb and Kayla are getting a a little bit more committed here. They, like sneak away from everybody else up in the shower up in the bathroom I think and our first couple has sex on the show which first of all I mean there's cameras in the bathroom right right this is episode five (laughs) this is episode five personally I feel like that would also be a deterrent but apparently that's not even like people do not care about that on this show right the bathroom stalls too are very old school real world where yeah there's like clear glass on the bottom and then the middle part is kind of fogged out where you'd think all your like chest to your leg bits are covered if you're an appropriate Mm -hmm. height for that and then anywhere above like your chest is clear again yeah so I can just imagine like what kind of position is leaving you not as vulnerable in that shower because that glass is it's there Right. I mean, especially you see like, so it's all co-ed, right? Ever There's like one bathroom that we see. So I assume like everybody shares a bathroom. If somebody's standing in there with you, they can see everything in the shower. It's just the angle of the camera you can't. But apparently that is not a deterrent on this show at all. Look, so that, Kayla, that primary reinforcer is just too strong it's too strong and they give in and they lose fifty thousand dollars 
$50,000. That's so much money. That's just so much money. And I feel like the, so the whole premise of the show to me, like from a behavior perspective is like, they're supposed to build these rule governed behaviors of abstaining. And obviously so far, like they're in the environmental contingencies are just too strong for that. Absolutely. I think it's asking a lot for them. Like they Mm could have had more of a shaping protocol or mm-hmm. could have maybe even done some fading and it would have you know resulted in better better behavior change but obviously this is an all or nothing cold turkey scenario <laughs> it is and people are either sinking or swimming uh and then once the group finds out people are mad Oh, yeah. Other group members at the retreat start to call out the group contingencies and accusing people of being very selfish in their actions and it's affecting Mm -hmm. the prize pot for everyone. It basically just creates a really tense dynamic because Lana announces that the prize pot is down to $117,000 remaining. So they've blown through almost half of their money so far and we're only halfway through the season yeah it's crazy that's wild to me but i mean of course when they're in these little like groups and and kind of talking about it everybody says the right thing right they're like oh yeah we need to wear lots of clothes or we need to stay away from each other but as we know like verbal behavior does not equal future behavior as we see with uh miss jawa here right she gets herself into some trouble so now seb and kayla are kind of like out of the picture and jawa and chris are like you know i want to play so jawa says i want to break more rules I could not believe she said that. I mean, it's, it's in like an inner little uh, interview. Um, confessional thing. It's in a little confessional booth, right? So it's not like she says it in front of the other players, but still, I, c- I could not believe she actually said that out loud. <laughs> She's but just... I mean, that's a that's a great example. That's That's reinforcement, like at play right there. She contacted that primary reinforcer of that kiss with Nick. And now we can see it increasing her future behavior. She's expressed that she wants to and probably will do it again. Right. So her primary reinforcer is way more motivating to her than the money at this point. Right. Additionally, Creed breaks up with Sophie to pursue Flavia, which Flavia is that new shiny piece who walked Mm -hmm. in. And Mm -hmm. Creed is all over her. I think this is the start of Creed's like downhill for me. I couldn't ever get behind Creed to be honest, mostly because I don't like his name. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they said Creed, I was just thinking of the band and I just couldn't I had no buy-in with Creed. All of his conversations too when you listen to him are just like what is this male even talking about? It was I mean, he's a little dumb, to be fair. But I 
I felt like he was one of the more genuine ones, but then right about here, when he breaks it up with Sophie and goes after Flavia, I feel like he's starting to show his true colors. And I'm like, okay, you probably weren't as genuine as I thought you might have been. I don't know. I just think he was genuinely boring. Genuinely dumb. Like he, (laughs) what really got me was he couldn't hold one single conversation and then every scene following uh, like a scene with him would be mm. a girl being like I think our relationship's really getting pretty deep and I'm like off of what I don't know <laughs> like I was, to be fair it is all very shallow in this show yeah I was left grasping for straws I had there was nothing there that's fair I think the the like biggest thing that happened in this episode besides the loss of the loss of the 50 grand was this like workshop that they did um so they had like a relationship expert I think is what they called him come on and they made these um what do they call those like those heavyweight like punching bags Mm -hmm. but out of like brown paper um and it was kind of like a an acty um kind of thing for those who aren't familiar acceptance and commitment therapy is act it was very act it it was kind of acty they had them like write um insecurities that they had about themselves on the bag and then they punched it uh although nigel (laughs) nigel like just punched the bag (laughs) and didn't write anything (laughs) i think he was just excited to hit something so nigel goes first and punches the bag and just like annihilates this entire bag (laughs) it's basically your typical grocery store paper bag and then it's filled with cedar chips Mm -hmm. but on that first scene i didn't know that was the intention of this entire workshop because he obviously skips like a major component of the process which is writing his insecurities down Mm -hmm. he just goes up to the stage knocks this bag out so it explodes everywhere and i was just like shook <laughs> like the and guy then the expert explained what he was supposed to do <laughs> and he was like all right well you could have waited and i think all the girls were just swooning because they were like oh my god wow i can't believe you're so strong nigel right now is not coupled up with anyone at the s- same time so his like swoon worthy action fell on like it was a lost cause on nobody They were just watching his muscles. So to me, I thought this workshop was interesting, right? Because it was, it was like going acty. I could see like where they were going. They've got like an acceptance piece with like naming these insecurities. You could even say they've got like a diffusion piece with like breaking the bag and like separating yourself from that. But then it just kind of ended once they all punched their own bag. Like there was no committed action right there was no (laughs) follow-up so it's like i mean this this is great but i mean as we know just thinking about behavior with no environmental changes doesn't actually lead to behavior change or very very rarely would it lead to behavior change so again like it looks good on tv but if you're actually wanting behavior change in real life acceptance diffuse but then you got to add a little committed action follow-up section in there too Definitely. Um, Britain makes the spotlight again with James during this episode. By now, she is very 
her miffedness is increasing mm. on a, and it's so good too because to me Britain looks like she is starring in Lord of the Rings in one scene she even has like a green a uh, hunter green bathing suit on that's like a one piece and it looks very elf like so she's oh, yeah. just like my cute little elf girl on the show she's pretty quiet she's not up front on the show at all until mm-hmm. she gets super mad at James because he hasn't been giving her any physical attention because James mm-hmm. is so busy policing everyone else's behaviors trying to keep this prize pot so Britain calls James out in front of everyone when they're writing on their bags together and she's like actually you forgot a component physical touch and then she just like (laughs) annihilates her own bag which i thought was hilarious but that was a very important turning point in the show for james because he realizes wow she just gave me this super important feedback that we both had been failing to communicate about appropriately and instead she called me out in front of everyone so Mm -hmm. instead of having britain think of like a more uh, probably widely accepted way to provide this feedback to her partner at the time. She just puts him on blast in front of everyone and he is not for it. So this is basically the end of Britain and James as we know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like if somebody called me out like that, I get it when we easily could have just talked amongst ourselves Yes. At the same time, Britain is calling him out, but she's also not taking any responsibility for her lack of communication in this because she just like is expecting James to be a mind reader. And she's so mad that he's not giving her any physical attention. But James, from his perspective, he's just focused on everybody like trying to maintain the prize pot. So it's easier for him to fall back to more rule governed behavior and just like general discipline as a motivation Mm -hmm. to get through the retreat and have more money saved. But neither one of them are explaining that to each other. So they essentially just kind of like planned ignore each other in a way. And it blows up with like a huge miscommunication at the end. So it's just they both failed to communicate appropriately and this is how their relationship ended up absolutely because really they were both working towards two different goals like Britain wanted connection with James and that's what she was working towards but she didn't tell him that and James to to his benefit uh to his benefit he did make this clear he's been working towards the money he didn't realize that Britain was seeking like a genuine connection there they were both working on two different goals and not talking to each other about it which I feel like is pretty common as a pretty common like issue in relationships like just lack of communication and that's been a theme throughout this whole show honestly yeah I think it's it's really hard for an adult to know how they communicate best and how they like receive feedback best to be Mm self-aware enough to kind of express that to a partner let alone someone you've known for maybe like four days now Mm -hmm. and then for someone you've known for four days to take that feedback and assess it and then be able to like regurgitate it and just like switch their communication style to match your needs like very unrealistic expectations that 
on that. And I don't think any of these people on the show are necessarily that self-aware anyways or realize that this would have been a behavior problem of theirs that -hmm. they should have been focusing on anyways before they even came to the show. So they just are in the dark. Oh, yeah. Complete darkness. But that is where we leave off uh, episode five. Well, at the very end, though, Ethan swaps beds with Britain. Oh, that's right. Ethan's the new guy who shows up and had a date with Sophie earlier. Mm -hmm. Sophie's now dumped because Creed went with Flavia, who was the second player who came in. Mm-hmm. So Britain is no longer sharing a bed with James. Creed swaps right. beds to be with Flavia. So then James and Sophie, the new dumpties, are sleeping together. And they even mention that in the show, like this bed's the most like depressing bed to be in type of thing. <laughs> yeah, because it's just because they were broken up with. It's not because they were a new couple. Right. They just it was like the bed of mi- mix match toys. No. <laughs> Yeah, so at the end of episode five, we've got couples swapping beds, Britain's mad at James, they're down almost half their money. Yeah, swapping beds in this show is like a real indicator of cancel culture on your relationship, essentially. (laughs) You know, I noticed that. So like nobody ever formally says like, you want to be a couple it's just it's determined by who you sleep with that night and i mean literally sleep in the same bed with yeah that's who that's how you determine who's in what couple which i just think is like an interesting dynamic because like does that happen in the real world no i I don't know (laughs) another like super useless thing that happens is all of their beds are in one room so the room has extra space obviously to add more beds as new contestants join the retreat with them Mm -hmm. but in the middle of the room there's this enormous bench and every Mm -hmm. night you can just see that every bed has like five throw pillows Mm -hmm. while this huge enormous bench at the middle of the night just has every throw pillow from every bed on it so really if anything from too hot to handle i'm just learning that throw pillows are completely useless I mean, they are, but they're cute. <laughs> That's why people buy them. And there's just, they, there's a huge mountain at the end of the show on this bench that would otherwise be functional. And Well, I guess if somebody didn't want to sleep in the same bed with somebody, they could just make a bed out of all the throw pillows. I'm surprised nobody did that. I don't think anybody was that mad. That's true. Not on this season. Maybe it's happened in other seasons. I'm team anti-throw pillow, though. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I think that's where we're going to stop this week. We're halfway through the season. And uh, we've had we've had a lot of rule breaks. We've had a lot of couples switching up people. We have. It'll be and interesting to see how people end up. We'll have to count how many behavior items we've already discussed and put it in our show notes yeah it'll be in our show notes because it's it's been a lot already what are your bits and bobs for the week danny so i wanted to stay on theme 
this week. We're talking about reality TV. So my bits and bobs recre- recreation. No. Recommendation. Thank you. <laughs> so my bits and bobs recommendation is another reality TV show. That's the circle. This is something that my partner and I have watched like every season of, I think it's a really interesting reality TV show. I feel like the players on there are a little bit more relatable and it's got a social media aspect that's kind of interesting. So if you like reality TV, but want something different than Too Hot to Handle, I would try The Circle, also on Netflix. Not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Not sponsored. (laughs) Danny, you are funny. (laughs) Um, Well, following off of your bits and bobs, I will give another show recommendation. This one is more historical. Probably historical fiction with some ties to based off of real stories at the time. But I recently watched Women at War, also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is originally a French documentary, it's a mini series. There's only 10 episodes, I believe. So the whole series is dubbed over. If you're like me, which you already found out, I love my subtitles. Uh, You can put your subtitles on as well. Be forewarned, sometimes the subtitles in a foreign language do not match what the dubbing is saying. But I really love the storyline. It follows four women during the Great War, which is World War I, in France, when they're being invaded by Germany. But... Take this with a grain of salt if you need any of the follow, following trigger warnings. There's suicide, rape, domestic violence, gun violence, um, probably like PTSD. Uh, there's brothels. There's drug abuse. If you think you can stomach any of those or something similar to that, then watch the show. It's really good. It sounds heavy, but good. I'll have to check it out. I love a strong female presence in a show. I also Mm -hmm. love history, and I really love watching foreign documentaries or, like, films, even if they're dubbed over or not. So it's right up my alley. Cool. Well, we've got plenty of TV to watch. All and on Netflix, not sponsored. All on Netflix. <laughs> we love Netflix around here. So we'll be back in two weeks with part two. Woo-woo. Too hot to handle. Thanks for listening today. You can find us on Instagram at, at behindbehaviorpod. Or if you're old school, send us an email at contact behind behavior at gmail.com. Smell you later.